welcome to Blue Collar BS, a podcast that busts the popular myth that we can't find good people, highlighting how the different generations of today, the boomers, Gen X, millennials, and Gen Z are redefining work so that the industrial revolution that started in the U.S. stays in the U.S. Ed and I, we want to welcome you to our show. And today we want to talk about the entitlement problem, the ungratefulness problem that is currently spreading through all the generations like the plague. What do we really mean by that? Well, when we're talking entitlement, between Brad and myself, we fit into the certain categories and we're, we really start diving down into saying, hey, that Gen Z generation just has really shitty attitude. They feel like they're entitled. They're never grateful for anything that has been provided to them. They're very expectant of things given to them. Just the fact that it keeps spreading and it keeps coming back to us over and over and over again. And we just want to open up the conversation with what the hell is going on. It's not just, it's on both ends. Yeah, absolutely. Though, Steve. I mean, we just, we just finished a political um, electoral piece of our journey here in the United States and, you know, the whole Medicare, Medicaid, retirement age, pensions, all those other things. Um, there's a feeling of entitlement for sure on both ends of the spectrum, right, wrong, or indifferent, it exists. And when I compare the two, when I look at it on the, on the boomer side, it is, hey, we paid for all that. We paid in, yeah. we did our dues, yep. we, we put our time in. And when I look at it on the Z side, it's, well, this is just the expected standard of living. I get a phone when I'm 10 or eight, I get to use that. I should have, you should buy me my first car. I should have my car when I'm 16. So I can have that. No, no, no. It's not the $500 car where we hope that it makes it to and from <laughs> that we, school. That you and day. I enjoyed. <laughs> right. That's not what we're talking about here. No, it needs to be a 15, 18, 20, $22,000 used car that is in pristine condition. It can't be the hand-me-down that's 15 years old because what? Oh, oh yeah. I made fun of at school. So, so yes, there is, and it's across all, all X, we feel entitled to our opportunity to say, Hey, we should be gainfully employed so we can make our retirement age and do those things and not get cut right. out of corporate America. You guys make too much. So we're going to rehire. Okay, great. Yeah. Maybe we do make much too much for your, your salaries and things like that. But with that comes wisdom and with that comes experience. And with that comes the opportunity to, to manage in up and down markets that, uh, a younger person has not had the opportunity to do. Managing in an up market is super easy. Managing because it down exposes market, all luck. all those weaknesses that have always been there. That down market it exposes all of those. But what it also exposes, especially in today's environment, all those weaknesses. Social media comes into play, and we start seeing a larger sense of entitlement and ungratefulness across the generations. You know, the Gen Z is the most connected generation on the planet. Whether you're in India, Asia, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Detroit, Michigan, Beijing, China, doesn't Ukraine, doesn't matter. You have all of the same baseline technology and opportunity. And when you see that across all the platforms that this is what's going on over here or over there, the expectation right. is- So let's well, let's break it too. down by generation specifically. Let's, let's take politics out. Let's take the personal stuff out. Let's just focus in the work environment the entitlement problem that we have and the ungratefulness problem we have across the generations. Let's just, let's just talk about what it looks like. 
any particular industry you want to go after, or you want to talk about a particular company style, you want to build me the Why company. Why don't we just say we've it. got a five, $10 million small business. They make widgets in a heavy manufacturing region of the US, highly connected, meaning you have all the technology for, for like 5G for, for everything. So with that, you've got boomers that are running the company. You've got a mix of Gen X, millennials, and a large new workforce of Gen Z coming into place. As we got Gen Z's, we got Gen Z's in the door. Yep, we hired we them. We got Gen Z's in the door. We were able to get well, them in. It just depends on what we. We must be doing some a great are there, job. Some then, are not because... <laughs> so let's just talk there. We've got a couple in. So that's that's the framework for the company that was just built. Now let's open the doors. We've got some issues going on. Okay, we've got some issues on the leadership team because. The generations that we've just brought in, the Gen Zs we've just brought in are making very high demands rather than just doing the job. They want a lot of quote unquote extra things in the eyes of the leadership that they don't understand why they need those things. And they don't understand why can't they just do their job and be happy with it. What type of things do you think things that like, might be, Steve? Why am I expected to show up at eight o'clock every single morning on time? Eight o'clock? You're already two hours late. What are you talking about? I we mean, make widgets. You know, we make widgets here, man. We we, we make we start at six, but not at we eight. We do start at six, but you know, our new workforce thinks we start at eight, and we've allowed them to come in on a flexible time slot. Meaning, some days we'll show up at seven, some days we'll show up at eight eight thirty because you know I had a late night the night before turn the damn PlayStation off and go to bed. <laughs> but then that's okay to let them come in because, you know, we really needed to replace Bob who was running the CNC machine over there because he wanted to retire. And Betty and Charlie, who didn't want to take over responsibility for that job that had been with the company for 10 and five years, respectively, we had to hire somebody new. And they're watching this person come in on a wide range from an hour standpoint going, why do I have to hold the, the hours between six and six and three? Why can't I show up at eight or seven or nine when I feel like it? Well, you can, but don't forget, then you need to be there till four or five or six mm -hmm. thirty. But why, why do I get yelled at then if I am coming in and I'm staying late? Why am I let's cause I I'm the new CNC operator. Why am I getting yelled at? Cause I'm here, I'm doing my job. I don't understand what the problem is. If I come in at eight and I stay till six, or if I come in at 10, oh, I know the answer. I know the answer. I know the answer. <laughs> what, why, why can't I just do this? Everybody else had left. Why do I have to come in? At, why can't I, why do I, why do I have to come in at six? No, 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 no. You came in at eight. You're getting criticized for coming in at eight because everybody's already there. They've already put two hours yeah. in. So you're getting criticized for, yeah. oh my God, this kid can't get his shit together. So rolling out of bed, coming in and getting here at eight. But then he's leaving at five, but everybody else has left at three. So nobody else knows that he's there right. putting in two hours worth of work. And also potentially, if he's good at what he's doing, out producing in those two hours. Potentially. Six hours worth one, of work. one important thing to keep in mind though, is that whole notion of, hey, if I'm part of a team and, and specifically I'm running the CNC machine, what are other things that are dependent on me so that other people can do their job? And if I don't show up at a certain time, are these people standing around? Are they waiting for me to perform my job? I don't care. It's about me, man. It's not about them. <laughs> right. But is that part of the entitlement problem? It's about me. It's not about everybody else. Absolutely. So how do we 
communicate that? How do we come across that? And now we're generalizing here with the Gen Z's freedom mentality of flex, just coming in whenever I want versus maintaining hours that, hey, everybody else before me, i.e., our Gen X's, our millennials it have been conditioned, quote unquote, conditioned to come in at these times, like a herd of cattle. They're herded at certain times. Because why? Because that's how the baby boomers set it up, right? And that's the way it's always worked. Let's look at the salesperson for this organization. So the four or five salespeople, the sales department, yep. we'll call it the sales department. Potentially, it could be a range of, you know, from boomer all the way down to probably millennial. Maybe they're in the office once or twice a day. Now with COVID, they're probably there working from home, um, maybe coming into the office. Quote, unquote, normal times, they were never there. Oh, yep. I was over in St. Louis or I was out in LA. Or I was down at this trade show in in Orlando. Oh, what a blast. You get all the pictures. Right. And we're like, well, all these salespeople, all they do is just travel and have fun. So everybody else thinks they're entitled to all these things, all these benefits. They get to travel and pick up these perks and go see these wonderful places. Traveling for work sucks. (laughs) Well, it is for some people. It is not for everybody. It is a grind and it is a headache and it is, it is giving up many things in your life for that job to do that. And so there's a trade-off that's there that many don't even recognize or realize because they're only looking at the one thing they're focused on the, well, you're in Orlando and I'm sitting back here, sweating my balls off here in the, in the machine shop and you're in Orlando by the pool having fun, schmoozing, right. whomever. Huh. Well, that's not fair. Okay. Well, then you go and spend a week away from your family and, and right. having to deal with the phone call at you know 5 p.m. saying, hey, my the toilet's overflowing. What do I do from your kid? Because they just put the toy down, flushed it, and now there's water all <laughs> over the place. Hypothetically speaking, right? right? Not right. that that's Never. ever happened to me. <laughs> all of those other things they don't have to deal with. So you, the entitlement's coming from only the visions that people see and look at, and they're not painting the entire picture of the needs and requirements in many cases. And we only focus on the one thing. We're focusing on, you're not showing up till eight o'clock versus the, yep. hey, no, you're here from eight to five, and I don't see you for those three hours, and this is the amount of work you need to get done. We're not focusing on the results. We're focusing on the- The optics. The optics, yeah. it, correct. And, and that's, that is a very important point, is we're so focused on the optics and the perceptions, the quote unquote perceptions of what we think somebody else should be doing that we're failing to have those conversations with everyone at the same time or very near similar times to inform everybody of what's going on, of how things work, how things operate. But what it's leading to is the perceptions of entitlement. Right. And and there's certain roles that machine shop operator can't operate the machine most likely from his bedroom right. or his kitchen table. You might be able to do some lights out things if you got right, maybe a plasma machine or something. You can get some auto loading and things like that yep. and watch over. But for the most part, you got to be on premise. Many, many other roles inside the manufacturing world. There's flexibility galore to address this very issue. If you open up your eyes. Right. And, look and one it. of the things, you know, especially here in Michigan that, that it's really forced people to do is to open up their eyes to say, Hey, you like we, there, there's mandates where if you can, you are to work from home and it's forced manufacturing companies and blue collar companies to really look at and go, okay, what operations inside my company? Can I truly work from home? Do I truly need everybody here? 
And in some cases, the answer is no. Actually, in most cases, the answer is no. COVID never happened. Would we have been forced to think differently about that? At some point in time, the implosion would have it happened. It would have, yes. but it wouldn't have happened as rapidly as it did. So the entitlement problem exists. However, there's greater acceptance of those things because now Sally in accounting, who was pissed off she had to be there at six o'clock in the morning to take care right. of all this stuff, can now, oh, you mean I can wake up, have breakfast, enjoy my family, do my work, log in, do what I need to do, maybe take the dog for a walk, come back, do what I need to do have some dinner and maybe work at night. So our days split up into three hours on, two hours off, three hours on, another two hours at the end of the night. Okay, she's getting her eight hours right. in. It's just now spread out over 14 instead of eight or nine. And is that a problem? Right. And that is a mindset shift that has to be resolved because the millennial and Gen Z kids have no problem working nine over 14. No, not at all. But industry says that's just, Freaking crazy. Right. And, and, but well, let's focus on why do we think that way? Wait, it's that's always the way, been. It's it. way it's always been. It's the flip side of who's entitled to what. This is my thoughts. This is the way it's always been. I'm entitled to this. I own the business, Steve. So therefore, that's right. my rule. You live in my, you work in my business. You work he by who my holds rules. The gold makes the rules. <laughs> so there is some of that as well. And unfortunately, if the mindset doesn't change, you're not going to find any new employees to replenish those that are leaving. Exactly. Because you're not opening up to the new model or the new thought process or making it attractive where people want to be here. So how do we... So I'm glad that our business acquired a few Zs and, and we're able to have some split shifts and getting some people to start at eight o'clock. I'm excited as right. I'll get out for that. So how do we... I'm glad we I'm glad we got this great company, Steve. This is awesome. <laughs> I mean, it it did uh, it took a little bit of time to get those Z's in, but how do we really? How can we be more mindful and sensitive? Isn't the right word. Empathetic isn't the right word. But what what can we do to change or bring more awareness to the solutions to the entitlement problem? Well, this conversation is one of them. I don't know anybody else having this conversation in a forum that is going to be open and distributed yes. to this yeah. degree. It might be happening in individual yep. companies talking through it, but they're living in their own bubble. And the somebody that might have the contrary opinion may not have the kahunas to step up to the owner and say, look, we need to do this. I need this person on my team and here's the reasons why. And this is the schedule they need to work. Somebody needs to, to blaze the trail. Somebody needs to be the Paul Revere and, and just, go and say, I'm going to ask for permission later. I'm just going to go ahead and do it. Forgive me for what I've done. This is right. what we're doing in order for us to be successful and move forward. And in many privately held businesses, if you don't have the right name, you may have the right leaders in place to make the change, but you're managing over managing through fear and power versus abundance and the right thing for long-term mm -hmm. sustainability. But I'm thinking one of the things that really just is not happening in these companies and in these scenarios is the true understanding. And this, there is the empathy piece where we, it, it is a seek to understand, but it's first, let's sit down to listen. That does not happen. No, no. I got to answer your question before I hear it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I say that you, did. I'm sorry. you did. <laughs> but that happens all too often that we're responding to the situation before we actually understand. But one of the other things that hasn't been done is to lay the foundation for the expectations. 
-hmm. when we lay those foundations for expectations, 99% of the time, they're very authoritarian, if you will, very direct, one-sided, not meant Mm -hmm. to question, not meant to have a dialogue. It's either going to be this or nothing. Because if it has to be something in the middle, well, then everything is going to go to shit because now everybody's going to want something different. Yep. And that is a problem organizationally for many people. And they don't understand that you can do phased in, phased out things. Two-tier wage system mm-hmm. in the automotive industry right. as an example. Oh my God. Oh my God. The sky is falling. The sky is falling. Is it good? Is it bad? Don't know. But the job changed. The, the job changed through automation over the course of time. The machines are doing more of the work than the people in many cases. So- you would expect the wages to change with that. Uh-huh. But also, what also and changes- just took time to get through that. But what also changes with that is the whole notion of because we've always done it this way, we're going to continue to do it this way. And it's being open to the change, open to the possibility, but it's also being open to the conversation. Because when we're not mm-hmm. open to that conversation, that whole entitlement problem that we've been talking about keeps rearing its ugly head in some form or fashion. Yeah, because it just becomes a me versus you. Yeah, and that whole entitlement thing crosses all generations. And while most are thinking that it's starting with Gen Zs, in reality, it's the baby boomers because they want their cake. They want to eat it too. They want to retire. They want all their money, but they want everybody to do everything the way that they've always done it or do it the way that they say it needs to be done because there's no new ways to do it. And unfortunately, technology has changed. It has changed the way we think. It's changed the way we do things. It also is impacting the way we act. So funny story this week, I have a a client who is a boomer and we're talking about technology. His sales process that he has is pen and paper, yellow legal pads, notes everywhere, all this stuff. Yep. When you get back from your trip, we need to work on getting this more up-to-date and current. So that way, when you get a phone call in your truck, you have the ability to pull over, pull up the information on your phone or your tablet or your laptop that you yep. have with you and answer the question and not say, well, sorry, Mr. And Mrs. Smith, I'll have to get back to you tomorrow when I go into the office because your folder is sitting on my desk. Mm-hmm. Or that legal, that legal pad is sitting on my table counter right now. And I'm not. Oh near my it. gosh. Right. So it's like, okay, great. And he's like, yeah, you're right. We need, we need to do that. We need to work on those things. That was a huge step. In fact, I got a text from him today saying, Hey, I figured out one note or I'm um, sorry, one drive. <laughs> on Microsoft one, one, all right. Awesome. Good for you. You can now take your data with you. Perfect. <laughs> exactly. When we, when we break it down and we really think that somebody has an entitlement problem, it's often because we have a misunderstanding mm-hmm. and we can't get over that misunderstanding to just sit down and have dialogue. It's combative. And, and right now in our, here in the US, we're sitting in a very turbulent time of polarization where we can't have a conversation because either you're right or you're wrong. There is no middle ground. There is no listening. And that's, it's a shame. And there are, there are organizations that have been able to facilitate those conversations and make that happen and do those things. They're in the minor- minority. They're not the majority of organizations in the manufacturing, construction, and trade spaces. Right. You know, if you told if you told a home builder or a, a commercial construction site to tell your crew, hey, don't show up till eleven o'clock because you can't do anything, foreman's gonna go absolutely ape shit because daylight, we're burning daylight. Yep. 
You need to you need to be here. Park all those trucks all over the place. Okay, I'm going to stand around with my thumb doing nothing. Yep, I got to schedule the meet for four hours. Mm-hmm. Well, why couldn't that person take a half a day in the morning, go take care of his kids, whatever, and then show up at eleven, do his work, and then leave? Mm-hmm. Why do I need to for half a day just twiddling my thumbs? Mm-hmm. So I think one of the things that we can do on this whole entitlement problem is just to step back, look at what we're doing here in the moment and say, who is the one that's really entitled? Is it me, the one that's entitled because I want somebody to do something a certain way? Or is it, do I really need to seek and understand first? Because the entitlement problem, the ungratefulness problem that's currently running through all the generations isn't going to go away until we look in the mirror first and actually say, what is it that we can do And when I say we, it's not just you and me, it's we as all society, all of individuals here. What is it that we are doing that's creating this? Because we feel it. We feel it that we feel that somebody else is entitled. And guess what? They feel that we are entitled to our certain opinions, our certain thoughts, the way we act, the way we behave, whether we want to show up to work on time, do certain activities at work. And if we were to take a step back and say, you know what? how I am acting and behaving may be contributing to this, but it takes a certain level of empathy and maturity to step back from that situation. It takes the ability to just be a good human, Mm -hmm. right? There's no reason why I can't disagree with somebody and still go to lunch with them the next day. Right. Or go out after work and have that, have a beverage or dinner or whatever it might be. Exactly. There's no reason for it. A level of anxiety and stress that's created between individuals when they start talking about different things. And it's ridiculous. And it creates divide in the shop and then it creates noise. And many of the supervisors in those shops aren't prepared to deal with that because now it's a psychological game mm-hmm. versus a, a tactical true supervisory role. And you don't have an HR department to play referee to figure this out. So then we're going to say, Oh, let's go get some sensitivity training or something like that along the way. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> No, no, we don't need to do that either, but we just need to be good humans at the end of the day. And part of that, I, I put on ownership by not creating a clear vision and clear message of what the mission is so that everybody's pulling on the same rope. Yeah, absolutely. Those are great points. So just to wrap up, if we were all just to take a step back, have that sense of ownership on ourselves to say, hey, what are we contributing to this? And can we just take a step back and have that dialogue? That whole sense of entitlement, that whole sense of gratefulness, ungratefulness, maybe just a part of our own imagination that we're concocting because of our own opinions. Tell yourself your own stories because they're the best ones, right? Yeah, absolutely. Brad, I just want to thank you for, for taking the time out today just to talk entitlement and ungratefulness in the different generations. It's been a great conversation. Just two dudes hanging out. Just two dudes All hanging right. out. All right. Thank you for listening to Blue Collar BS. Brought to you by Vision Forward Business Solutions and Professional Business Coaching, Inc. If you'd like to learn more on today's topic, just reach out to Steve Doyle or myself, Brad Herta. Please like, share, rate, and review this show as feedback is the only way we can get better. Let's keep blue-collar businesses strong for generations to come.